This is Chad Cordero, former closer for the Montreal Expos and Washington Nationals, and you're listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Welcome back to the Pro Source Podcasters. I'm your co-host, Mr. Nameless Bruce, a.k.a. NWB. And I'm joined by the one and only Mr. Corbett Rond, also known as Kobe. Kobe, how you doing? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. How was your Christmas? It was so, It was cold. <laughs> that's, that's not true. <laughs> it was cold. It was windy. There's a polar vortex across North America, but we got through it, just like the NFL and the other sports that were going on. So to help us go through all that and more is someone who's talking to us from the windy city of Chicago. It's Mr. Ryan Glassfiegel from the New York Post. Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure to have you on. And Ryan, you cover sports for the post. There's a lot going on at the moment. There's NFL getting to the business end of the regular season. There's the NBA season, which is starting to kick off after the Christmas games. You've got Steve Cohen spending big money for the Mets as a sports writer. Yeah, it is a very busy time. And you know, though, it's interesting, like my beat, which is basically covering the intersection of sports and off the field, never really totally dies down, even during the dog days of summer. But it's definitely much busier when there's big games feeding into the content machine. For sure, for sure. Now, riddle me this. This might be a controversial thing, but I'm going to bring it up. New York City gets the Christmas NBA game every year. The, the Knicks, actually. The Knicks at Madison Square Garden, it's like a staple. It's a thing. Should it be a thing, though, with, with the way the team is? I mean, they don't – I mean, I feel like the stars for the Knicks are Spike Lee and the, the celebrities as opposed to the players. <laughs> You know, at some point, the Knicks are going to be good again. I know it seems impossible to believe. I understand why the NBA does that. I think it's actually really hurt broader interest in the league that the Knicks have been so irrelevant for so long. And, you know, it's not like NFL on Thanksgiving where six of the 32 teams play. On Christmas in the NBA, 10 of the 30 teams play games. Like, I think you can have the Knicks in there. And, you know, they're not as irrelevant this year as they've been in past years. They have, like, a chance. You know, I don't think anybody really sees them as NBA title contenders. But maybe they can make the playoffs and push a good team to, like, have to, like, exert themselves to beat them in the first round. It's not, like, out of the question. So... I get your point where it's like, you know, the Knicks have just been pretty bad by and large for over 20 years now. But you got to remember, like, they're trying to put together the lineup where they can get the most total viewers. And New York being the biggest market in America, there's just like more people 
who will naturally tune into them than any other like franchise. Now, obviously people like Steph Curry and even LeBron James are bigger individual draws now than even like the whole Knicks can be. But I don't think it's irresponsible or anything to have the Christmas tradition with them. Like, you know, they've got the Lions every year on Thanksgiving and those games do fine. So I, I get your question, but I'm not like offended by the Knicks being a Christmas tradition. All right. Fair enough. I, I should point out I'm a Nets fan, so man, yeah. I'm just a little bit bitter <laughs> that the Nets don't get as much love on Christmas. But <laughs> Well, when they made the schedule, uh, Kevin Durant was demanding a trade. And so if it was like the Nets without Durant and, you, you know, Irving's been a wild card basically since he joined the team, yeah. that was what the rationale was. Is this like if it was the Nets without Durant, it would have been one of the worst teams in the league. And so they just didn't want to take the gamble. Like it wasn't known at the time that the Nets were going to refuse his trade demand. All right. Fair enough. That's fair. That is fair. So I look forward to Christmas Day in Brooklyn with the NBA champion Nets playing whoever. Maybe the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how that's how you get Christmas Day game is win the title. Um, so, you know, the Knicks may have it as their birthright, but the Nets would get it if they won. That would be a very nice late Christmas present. Yeah, sticking with the, by and large, pretty bad, it would appear as though the New York Jets not only missed the bullseye, but missed the entire dartboard when it came to the selection of Zach Wilson. Is that the general consensus? Is that your feeling? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the general consensus is that in Zach Wilson, they got a boy and not a man. And it's just, you know, it's tough because I put myself into the situation of when I was 22 years old. I like even in my mid 30s, I don't know that I could handle like the pressure of playing court. Let's say I had the physical gifts. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I could handle the emotional and mental pressure of being a starting quarterback in the NFL, let alone in New York, which is, I just said, is the biggest media market. So I feel empathetic for Wilson. You know, if he had gotten drafted into a different organization, he maybe got a chance to sit a year or two before it was his turn to be a starter, learn from one of the brightest offensive minds. Like if you would put him and his physical talent in Kansas City with Andy Reid or the Rams with Sean McVay or mm -hmm. maybe even like the 49ers with Kyle Shanahan, like someone with a proven track record of developing strong quarterbacks then maybe like we're we're we have a whole different impression of Wilson like he may not even be coming in until a couple weeks ago whereas now he's you know thrown to the wolves and he didn't look good immediately and he didn't handle adversity very well he doesn't have great timing in terms of like feeling the pass rush and just his 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 internal clock and his confidence are shot and so as you know wowing as his physical gifts can be he isn't living up to what his talent potential is and it looks like they did totally miss it wasn't the right fit between human and organization and city and they're going to have to decide between mike white or various other options from the draft 
draft and free agency next year. I don't think there's any question at this point that Zach Wilson is done with the Jets. I think that that whole situation is unsalvageable. So yeah, they, they did totally miss on that. Now you're saying maybe a different organization or a different mentor would have been the difference. Are you saying that Robert Sala is part of the problem? No, no, I'm not saying that. It's, you know, he was a defensive mind, wasn't he? Um, and so it, it's it's not a ding on Robert Sala that he's not Andy Reid or Sean McVay. Those two have won two of the last three Super Bowls. Like, it's hard to do that. And mm -hmm. it's just, you know, you need – if you're going to have a defensive mind head coach, you're going to need um, – some like you're, you're going to need veterans on offense or people who maybe are more finished products than what Wilson was when he came into the league. Okay. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, the, I guess if it was a, at the start of the month, we would have been adding the jets to the list of New York, uh, um, successes this fall and winter, but they have literally fallen away. We'll see what Mike White can do in the in the lead up to this, I guess, stretch run. But it is it is looking a little bit unlikely for them now. But considering where they've come from, I feel like they're on the right track. They're on the right track. Yeah, I mean, they're two to fifty three. Other than the quarterback is so talented. Um, Quinn and Williams looks like an absolute beast. They were dealt like a crushing blow with Brees Hall getting hurt. You know, they were really moving the ball well when he was just carrying it for what seemed like six yards every carry. And then all of a sudden he was out for the year. I think that the Jets are in actually a pretty good spot in terms of having hope for the future. And by the way, they're not eliminated from the playoffs this year. They have a mm -hmm. uh, puncher's chance at getting in. Like all the scenarios that needed to go their way last week, other than them winning, went their way. And so they're in. I mean, I don't know that it's probable they make it, but their season isn't quite over yet. That is true. And a puncher's chance is, a, is, a, is better than no chance. So. A puncher's Hopefully. chance is better than the Giants and Jets have had for several years before this year. Like, at least they're <laughs> yeah. both relevant heading Absolutely. into the new year. Right. And that's got to be good for the game when New York is still, well, okay, Buffalo fans will comment me, but like all three New York teams are still, you know, going at it for the playoffs. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, you ride on New York, uh, New York sports, you're based in Chicago. So I'm going to ask, which teams do you follow, like, as a fan? Uh, the Packers, Badgers, Brewers, and Bucks. I root for all Wisconsin sports teams. Ah, okay. Cheesy. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Well, speaking of punches, chances, Aaron Rodgers is, well, the, the Green Bay defense as well, they've, the whole units single-handedly dragged the Packers out of the mud, and they've, they've got a punches chance of making the playoffs. Where do you see the green and yellow? in terms of making it to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be fa – they're favored this week against the Vikings. They're favored week 18 against the Lions. And they need the commanders to go – to lose one of their two final games. And so, you know, I, I think they still actually have less than a 50-50 shot at making it into the playoffs. 
I'm not putting all my faith in them beating the Vikings and the Lions. They, you know, they, they've been, they, the, the Packers have not played up to their level of talent this season, even with the recent um, winning streak that they're on. And so I don't, I, I'm just avoiding getting my hopes up too high because my impression of them is not that they are at this moment Super Bowl contenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's tough, especially with Christian Watson being injured. They are a little bit thin at receiver, so Aaron Rodgers doesn't have as many options as he'd like in terms of throwing, especially when they're down. But well, you know, Rodgers hasn't played as well as we're used to. He's got more miscommunications with receivers than ever. He wasn't throwing Watt to Watson enough when Watson was healthy for a while. It just, for whatever reason, Rodgers doesn't seem as locked in. You know, he he just, he misses throws that he wasn't missing the last two years um, in his MVP campaigns. And he's missing several of them a game. And not just throws, he's missing reads where someone is open and then he, he picks the wrong target. And he used to just have a master's, almost matrix-like command of where the ball should go and when that he hasn't exhibited this year. And I know he's battled some injuries with his thumb and whatnot, but the fact of the matter is, is he's been out there and his performance isn't what the Packers would need it to be for the amount that they're paying him and just kind of what his expectations are. And so, you know, it's not like Rodgers has been a bottom five QB or anything. It's not like he's been Zach Wilson, but I'm not certain that he's been an above average starting quarterback in the NFL this season. And the Packers have needed him to play better. Now, could that be down to the loss of David Bakhtiari and other offensive line members? I do think that there's something to that. You know, Bakhtiari has been in and out. The, the Obviously, they lost Devontae Adams this past offseason, and he was Rogers' security blanket for several years. And, you know, last year, Bakhtiari didn't play until the last week of the season, and Rodgers was still the MVP. So it's hard to point to Bakhtiari, even if, he, like, you know, he is the highest paid left tackle in the league and missing him is a big blow. I think you still have to give Rodgers some personal responsibility for um, what his performance has been this year. Yeah, I hear that. I, well, A Rod, I tried. <laughs> that, that, that's pretty hard to <laughs> pretty hard to defend. Well, I've got a cheese related question for you later, but I'm going to throw it back to Kobe. BetUS Sportsbook is your ultimate destination for online betting. With sports betting, live betting, racebook, online slots, and online casino, it's available across the U.S. and Canada. Use the code PSP to receive a massive sign up bonus. Yeah, I want to look at the past MLB season, and I mean, I'm not a Yankees fan. Me actually is a Yankees fan, unfortunately, but I'm not. But <laughs> how is the feeling in New York? Do they feel like the past season was a a good season for the Yankees, or are they disappointed? No, no, they're disappointed. The Yankees fans' mindset every year is championship or bust, and it's been pretty clear that the Yankees are missing a piece or two to get them over the hump. Like they, 
have this rivalry with the Astros, which if anything, it's gone the wrong way for several years for the Yankees. If the Yankees are not happy winning the AL East and then losing in the ALCS, like that's not something their fan base is satisfied with. And so, you know, the Brewers, if the Brewers reach the NLCS, their fan base would be head over heels and they'd be buying shirts commemorating and reaching it that far. Mm-hmm. But Yankees fans haven't won since 2009 and they're starting to get antsy with ownership because the mm-hmm. ownership, you know, the Hal Steinbrenner is not somebody who made a fortune in other lines of work and then bought the baseball team as a toy. The Yankees support his whole family's way of life. And so he, in the minds of fans, is extracting the marginal 40 or $50 million a year that they wish that he was spending on more free agents on himself as opposed to spending it on the franchise like they are the yankees want the yankees fans want the yankees to be operating like steve cohen and the mets are Mm. operating right now which is what george steinbrenner did in the 90s okay okay so switching you mentioned the mets you mentioned the mets what's the outlook for them now i mean mets fans are over the moon they they've been little brother to the yankees honestly since probably i mean forever but really on the field for the last 25, 30 years, 30 years even. And so Mets fans are over the moon that they're making these splashy signings. Um, and they like all of a sudden it's them making the waves in free agency and just throwing luxury tax caution to the wind. Steve Cohen is significantly wealthier than any other MLB owner. And you kind of wonder if they're going to like try to put a kibosh on this. And so that's kind of the intriguing thing to see is like, will the other owners in MLB rise up to try and cut Steve Cohen off at the ankles with all of this insane spending? Mm -hmm. True. Mm -hmm. I know at least one owner north of the border that will be trying to do that because they sure as hell don't like (laughs) this. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) Anyway, I won't get onto a rant about how the Toronto Blue Jays are frugal. Uh, I will go back to the Yankees, though. I have, I have a blueprint, Ryan, in terms of how they can be successful and how they can be a little bit like how George was. What's so, that? If that Mets deal for Carlos Correa falls over, subject to medical, I would I would swoop in and get him because that's one way to get the, I guess, the the narrative back towards the Yankees because the, the Mets are smart. They signed Korea, and they announced it the day that Judge was being named captain. So they were stealing the thunder. <laughs> so that's how you steal the thunder back. And then I get on the phone to Los Angeles and say, Trout and Otani, whatever you want, you can have it. Just give us Trout and Otani, because then you solve the outfield problem and you get another starting pitcher. And you also get another left handed bat with Otani. And then I re- reach out to James Click, the guy who won the World Series with Houston. I bring him on as a front office consultant because. He knows how to beat Houston, and he's probably a little bit better after the way they did him, did it, did him dirty. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to do any of that, though. Like Aaron Boone. <laughs> That's the problem. That's why I'm so frustrated. <laughs> well, first of all, let's take it piece by piece. With Correa, I would be skeptical of signing him, given that the Giants were skeptical of signing him. The Giants are a pretty sharp organization, 
And, you know, they've won several World Series titles in the last 20 years. And I think it's a red flag if they are uncomfortable with Correa's physical status. That's part one. Number two, the Angels aren't trading Trout or Otani. Maybe they trade Otani into the deadline this year if they're out of contention and they think that they're not going to make the playoffs, but they they're on record as saying they're not trading him before the season. And I don't think the Yankees, like if they add these prospects who could bring back trout and or Otani in return, they'd be playing for the Yankees. So um, I don't think that they've got the like firepower to go and add that. I don't think they really have any players that the angels would even want. And so, the thing is, is that the Yankees revenue is pretty locked in. Like people are going to go to the ballpark to see them in the regular season in droves. And mm -hmm. they've got the best local television deal of anybody in um, the sport because they own their own network and they're in the biggest market. So they've got the most subscribers to their cable channel, even if those subscriber numbers are dwindling. Mm -hmm. And so they don't really like it doesn't it's not going to make the yankees that much more money to try and get over the top of a world series and so that's kind of the way that they're looking at it is they're kind of satisfied with their lot in life and that's what is driving yankees fans crazy absolutely absolutely it's uh yeah <laughs> it's frustrating but it is what it is, as some some say. Now, you say you cover the intersection between sports and entertainment. What are some of the the highlights of 2022 that you covered this uh, this year? Um, I did a piece that I really liked on Kendrick Perkins and his Frenchy Bulldog business. That was really fun. I did a big piece on Shams Charania and how much screen time he has as a top level NBA insider. And I did a piece on Ian Rappaport and his wife, um, Leah, and just like how kind of the wife manages the frenetic stop and start life of a NFL insider and how he's always on call and what that like, what sacrifices that means she has to make, et cetera. And so I, I like doing feature stories. Oh, I also, I interviewed Ric Flair and Mike Tyson together about their weed business. And that was pretty fun. Hey, wait. Now, is weed legal in Illinois? Yes. All right. You, you partake yourself or? I do. There we go. It's legal up here, so we can talk about it. Yes. Um, nice. Yeah, Mike Tyson, he's... He's got an interesting uh, part. He's got his show and he's, yeah, he's very much into the cannabis space. Um, it'd be nice if it was legal everywhere. I don't see why it shouldn't be, but I guess that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, I mean, it's nice. Be I actually understand both sides of it. I like walking into a store and being able to buy it for myself, but I do think that for some users, it causes some psychosis and potentially also violence. And so I understand the people who don't want it legalized, but from a personal perspective and just in general, some um, supporting individual liberty, I'm in favor of it being legal. Fair enough. 
I must say, I, I sometimes want to get violent when I watch the Yankees, but that's that's not <laughs> neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately for me, they haven't legalized cocaine yet, cocaineum. So he's, he's still waiting on that. But otherwise, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure that day is coming. Maybe, maybe in like Las Vegas or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, right. Right. that's right. That's right. So it's, now, Ryan, you mentioned a couple of the stories that you had done. Do you pitch these stories or are they provided to you or mandated by the New York Post? Um, it's a combination. Sometimes I think of them. Sometimes they're pitched to me by agents or publicists. Sometimes they're pitched to me by my editors. It's really, you know, every day is different in terms of who comes up with ideas for what I do. And what was your path to working for the New York Post? Uh, it's kind of long, but I, I'll give you the cliff notes. I graduated from Wisconsin in 2009. It was the height of the Great Recession. And so I was a business major, but nobody was getting business jobs out of college at the time, or like very few people were. Mm-hmm. And so I was unemployed for, I don't know, six or eight months. I caught on at an online furniture startup. I worked there for a year and a half. I got to go to China twice for work and see how the supply chain works. Um, just general, have a general understanding of the way goods get manufactured and then shipped to America and then, you know, shipped within America. And that was eye opening. But I've always, you know, really been obsessed with sports. And my, my parents and my dad in particular have, you know, really supported the idea of me becoming a sports writer. And so after about a year and a half of the furniture company, I quit the job and started my own blog. I did that for two years, plus freelancing in a variety of places. Then I got to sportsillustrated.com part-time, and I was there for a little less than a year. It was pretty clear. I was like learning a lot, and I had a really sharp editor, but um, they weren't going to bring me on as a full-time writer. And so... I got a full-time job at The Big Lead, which at the time was owned by USA Today. I worked for Jason McIntyre for um, five to six years. Eventually, Big Lead got sold to Minute Media. Um, Jason McIntyre and Jason Lisk and Michael Schamberger and a few of the other people who had been there for a while got had been like let go by the company. I enjoyed working for the big lead at Minute Media too. Um, the the site pivoted a little bit to be a little bit different, but um, I definitely like enjoyed my working relationship with with them as well. And then it about so it'll be three years ago in May. So I guess two and a half years ago now or so, I got recruited by Quay Travis to Outkick from the big lead, where I'd been at big lead for six years. And then I went to OutKick and I was there for, I don't know, eight or nine months. And I had a bit of a row with my direct manager. And so I left that job and I was unemployed for probably seven or eight months. And then last November, so a little bit over a year ago now, I started at The Post. Oh, okay. And is it much different than your previous positions or no? Um, I think it, you know, 
It's pretty similar to what I was doing at Big Lead and OutKick. At both Big Lead and OutKick, I was able to do some non-sports stuff, and that was a little bit different. Now I'm just totally focused on sports. And mm -hmm. so it's a little bit more challenging because like on slow days, I used to be able to, you know, write like a review of the new McDonald's sandwich or, you know, cover Chris Farley or something like that. Like do something silly that people who like sports and are around my generation might be interested in, but not just having nothing to do with sports. So now I have to be more creative to come up with ideas on slower days, but you know, I'd say 70% of the stuff that I do is pretty similar to what I was doing at my previous stops. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's a, that's quite a journey. And uh, we applaud you for that. Um, yeah, thank you. Doing what you love. Now, we're going to do a little bit of quick rapid fire, if that's okay. So That's fine. Let's do it. Don't, don't think it too much. Just just give the first answer you got, okay? So Got it. New York Big Slice or Chicago Deep Dish? Um, definitely New York Thin Slice. W The Fan or ESPN Radio? Um, in New York? Yeah. I don't know. I'd probably... I, I'd say WFAN, but I, I think I would listen to both. You know, it's tough, though, because I don't live there, so it's not like it's on in the car. I guess I could put it on on the app, but I don't know. I it, It's... Yeah, I'll go WFAN. Okay. Cubs or White Sox? Ooh. And, like, I I would root for the White Sox, but I go to many more games at Wrigley. Okay. Rangers or Islanders? <laughs> I, no opinion. <laughs> that's fine with us. <laughs> nope, that's, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, last one to get you out of here. Before I go to my next question, now, this is going to be very important, this one. This could uh -huh. shape the rest of the interview, all right? <laughs> okay. Yankees or Mets? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Yankees or Mets? <laughs> I, I don't know. Also, uh, I think I root against both of those teams. It's um, I, it's kind of mean to my readers, but my job is more entertaining when negativity is coming out of them. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers? That's a, like a really tough question. We're only talking about um, football. Right. Yeah. Strictly I football. Think yeah, the no consensus field. belief is that Rodgers has surpassed Favre. And I don't believe that to be true. I think they're really neck and neck. The The three consecutive MVP years of Favre were really unlike anything that I've ever seen since. And you look at those stats compared to like what numbers other quarterbacks were putting up in the league, and it was pretty ridiculous. And he also, he reached, uh, like they've each won one Super Bowl, but far reached an extra one, and that's a big feather in his cap to me. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't, I actually, you know, I know you want me to rapid fire choose one, but I really do think that they're neck and neck. All right, that's fair. No, I, that's cool. Now, coming from a cheese heavy state like Wisconsin, I got to ask have you ever had something called a poutine? Yes, I've had poutine, I've had it in Canada. 
All right. Was that like in Montreal, Toronto? What, what I've added in Montreal and I've added in Toronto. I went to the poutine chain in Toronto during my bachelor party. Nice. Is that? I, um, I don't remember what it was called. You might be able to jog my memory, but sp- smokes poutinery. Um, let me look. Is is like a logo that's red and black and someone's face on it? You know, I think we like stood at the counter. I do think it was smokes. Yeah, that sounds right. If it's still the counter, yeah. it's probably smokes. Yeah, yeah. Smokes this, this looks like what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I gotta do that. If I have a bachelor party, I'm I'm getting poutine too. That's a, that's a great idea. <laughs> but um, Ryan, where can our our fans find you on social media? Uh, Twitter at Sports Rapport, Sports, and then R A P P O R T. There we go. Fantastic. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasts experience. Where no sport is left behind.